0: I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete.
1: In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams. And we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location. And oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions. Anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening.
0: Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 17 of The Independent Agent. I'm Jordan, and my illustrious co-partner, partner, Partner? co-partner, co-pilot, there we go, Justin is sitting in front of me with his American Ben Sherman shirt. Indeed. Indeed. Cocktails. What are we making? We are doing a mojito today. So the one thing where I differentiate my mojitos Because a lot of people go crazy on either the cane sugar or the simple syrup. I actually prefer none. I don't think you'll like none. So I'll just put an teeny weeny, teeny, weeny little dash in there for you. But here's what we're going to do. I need to like move this over so I can talk while I do this. Or you can like... Maybe you can talk. Maybe it doesn't have to be me that talks the whole time. How about
1: I tell a story? You can tell a story. Okay. So... This came up. I've got my kids in all sorts of sports. My youngest has decided to follow in his father's footsteps and join the golf team at his school. And as such, I'm looking into golf camps for him because I used to go because I thought golf camp was awesome. But I have a funny story that you don't even know about that I never shared with you. I don't even know about. That you don't even know about. Okay, I'm listening. So And muddling. my first golf camp I ever went to, I was in junior high. And time at golf camp? One time at golf camp. <laughs> there wasn't a flute or anything else involved. Oh, God. I'm digging that. <laughs> but I was rooming with <laughs> two people, one of which was the son of a producer of the movie called Jack the Bear starring Danny DeVito. The other person was a guy about a year and a half older than me, and... I didn't know it until about uh, halfway through camp, but he was taking a lot of pills and it was he had just had a heart transplant. So a few months go by, and again, he was struggling throughout the whole week and I wasn't at all impressed with his golf game. Because he had had a heart transplant. I know. This is where the story gets good. So a few months later, I'm I, watching Sally Jesse Raphael. God. That wow. For those who weren't, weren't around then, that was a talk show host. If you could call that a talk show. It, well, he appeared on the talk show. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Eric. Eric shows up on the talk show, and he's thanking the, the family that you know donated the heart. And I think nothing of it. Years go by. 2014 rolls around. U.S. Open. Eric Compton finishes tied for second behind Ratif Goosen in the U.S. Open. This individual that I went to golf camp with had a heart transplant, became an incredible golfer, finished second at the U.S. Open. Then he goes on and has a heart attack, has a second heart transplant, and makes it back to the tour. And? And my whole point in all of this is anytime we think life is difficult or challenging, there is always somebody who has overcome much more difficult odds. And some of the questions we'll handle today and going forward. Oh, ah, the tie in. Okay. okay. So wondering. whatever challenge we have, I want it in perspective. For your ultra? I failed again. Oh God. Stay I hope here. this one is good. Talking to All them. right. So whenever we have these challenges, we we have this tendency to pretend like nobody has ever been in this spot before. And I think as people, that's the natural inclination But the reality is that so many have been in worse situations. And so I like to steal from Gary Vee who says, if anybody ever who has ever been in your spot and somehow managed to overcome, it means it's possible. So stop complaining. So with that to say, I think it's a cool story of a guy who's overcome. And while, yes, everyone who is impressed with Tiger Woods' amazing comeback, there is a far more less publicized comeback in eric compton who has no idea probably who i am to this day in fact i guarantee it since i haven't talked to him since junior high
0: yes i'm just waiting for the story to end
1: the story is over but because he takes so long to make a drink i chose well
0: it actually took even longer because you forgot your drink in the fridge
1: well i think we are all better people for this story look up (laughs) eric compton he has a charity
0: that Everyone's uh, going to just start like fast forwarding through the first 5 minutes of our podcast. That's all right. That's all okay, right. Okay. So, here's the drink. So, we had a mojito, which is a bunch of muddled lime and mint and some white rum. Do not use dark rum and some simple syrup, just a any any dash. Why don't you use dark rum? Flavor is different. Different flavor. Like light beer and dark beer type. The, just uh, dark rum's uh, much spicier. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Here it goes. And then we top it off with a little club soda or Perrier. Okay. Here comes.
1: Not bad. Refreshing. 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 I
0: can taste the mint. He does are supposed to be refreshing. Yeah. I, I dig it. So, would you like that sweeter or as is? As is. I don't think I could go sweeter. With right. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I am just killing it lately. You are improving... By the day, what is this your choice or somebody else's? Uh, this is a recommendation, but my recipe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so you get partial credit. Partial credit.
0: All right. Are you reading or am I reading? You can go ahead and okay. read this one. As the newest member of our commercial lines management group, I am the lowest person on the totem pole. I have now been tasked with handling meetings with carriers that are not high on our priority list. Nobody wants to do those meetings. <laughs> sorry. And, sorry, that was my whatever instead of telling them we are not going to grow with them i am forced to meet with them listen to the latest and greatest on their products and promotions and make empty promises not only do i feel like this is not the best use of my time i have to then explain to them the lack of growth or night, i'm laughing because gosh have we been there it's a little uncomfortable to meet with them over and over just to save face for the agency is there a better way to handle it that's fair for everyone involved
1: All right, well, I'm going to take us off course really quick because I have another challenge. Shocker. Since I have a family member on the carrier side who is a marketing rep, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if you are the first person to email me his name, $100 Amazon gift card, if you can find out who the marketing rep is that is related to me. Are you going to give the relation or no? Oh, yeah, brother in law. Yeah. We'll give that. Yeah. So there's your challenge. And now I'll give you my answer. I think it's always difficult to have to have these conversations with the carriers because I feel like it doesn't matter what we say to them, they come back with the same rah rah speech anytime they come out. Yep. So I'm not sure, even if you told them like it is, which we have done pretty clearly on numerous occasions that it wouldn't phase them. They're going to come back and we'll have the same conversations about market appetite, what they want, the next month, the next year. We've had some of those same conversations year in and year out. So I would say that you should be honest about what your market appetite is within the agency and where you can perform and where you can't perform. As to being the lowest person on the totem pole,
0: maybe they think you're the best BSer, which is actually a talent in itself, Right. Or maybe because you don't know as much as they know, they feel like when you're saying, yeah, we could probably do those things, you actually believe it. And they're not feeling like they're lying to the carrier's face. So you're serving a good purpose. You're serving the greater good.
1: I, I don't necessarily align the person who has to meet with the carriers as the lowest person on the totem pole. I don't think that the carriers want to meet with the lowest person on the totem pole unless there's some training issue. So I would say... Make the most of it. Be honest about what your opportunities with the carrier are, what they aren't. I think they're still going to come back. Say it with a positive attitude, saying to them, if we can do something that fits within our wheelhouse, let us know we're absolutely willing to play ball. But I think part of the marketing rep's job is to come out regardless and try and pitch you the same way. Jordan?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a carrier problem. This is not an agency problem. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. I'll watch my words. But like, I don't know that there's really should be a marketing rep role with all, all due respect to your brother-in-law. Like you're trying to cost him his job right now. (laughs) Once or twice I've had a marketing rep come through when I couldn't get in touch with the underwriter and I couldn't find someone to, to work the way up. They don't, at least in my experience, my relationship is always with the underwriter. It's not with the marketing rep. Right. And, Here's the thing. They come out. How many times if you are an agency principal or heck anyone in this position, they come in, they go, oh, here's our here's our newest hit sheet. Here's who we, we've done, the accounts we've written. It's like we've written three plumbers and six restaurants and three trucking companies. That's what we want you to send us. But we really want to go after bowling alleys. So if you can send us some bowling alleys, everything is so all over the place. And we had an instance the other day, well, probably three or four months ago, where a carrier approached us and they said, Okay, we really don't like our hit ratio with you. Say, Okay. They go, We really want to be putting more business on the books with you. We said, Yeah, we'd like that too. We think you guys have a great program, great coverage forms, et cetera. But you guys won't write the type of business that we do. Yeah. And they go, we totally understand that, but we want want to grow with you. So you guys should really start going after main street business. We said we've done construction in California exclusively for over forty years. You want us to grow with you, and you want us to change the business and the appetite to business that's really not profitable for our agency just to grow with you. They go, yeah, but you don't understand. Like we can be competitive in it, and we try to explain this, thing, and they just don't get it because everyone's so focused on what they need to do and their production requirements, and it. There's so many inefficiencies. There's a reason why everything is is going digital because people are becoming less and less important. Like, they really are in this industry. And, you know, when you don't have an underwriter who's going to understand what business you're doing and what you're focusing on and trying to push you in other directions. Marketing rep. What? Marketing rep. Well, this was a combination of both. They (laughs) tag team. They they did tag team because they thought it would achieve something different. But I'm telling you, like... The carriers need to fix the way way they were doing things 20, 30, 40 years ago does not work today for agencies, at least like ours. Well, let's
1: talk about how it used to be, because those are my favorite stories, yet make me sad inside, because my father used to talk about times where the carriers would say, Steve, we need about a million dollars in new business premium from you this year, and if you can agree that you're going to work on that for us, we're going to cut you a check for about $100,000 up front, and then we'll pay a year commission as you write the business. And those are the type of deals that no longer exist, but those are the
0: glory well, days. Well, let me tell you a positive story about a marketing rep. All right. So I don't want to get in trouble, so I won't say the name of the carrier, even though it's a really good thing about Like It's all the kudos in the world to them. My largest account, they, they pay on their package side about $1.3 million in premium, and the incumbent carrier was not willing to play ball. They were skyrocketing the premiums despite like a fifteen percent loss ratio, and so we were trying to move the business to another carrier so that we didn't lose it to another broker. And we had to write it, you know, net of commission. And they came back, and he comes and goes. I went and negotiated a back end deal for you. They gave me the, the authority to give you one hundred percent of your commission on the back end, even though you netted out the commission. We feel like you guys earn it. They had to play some kind of game, whatever. But he got us our full commission on that right? So not only did he keep me full commission on the 1.2 million in premium, right? But if I lose control of the account there, I might lose control of the account of the comp too, because I I'm starting to lose pieces of business. And the comp is 2.7 million in premium, right? So by him going and doing what he did, he saved the account for me, not only saved that revenue, but potentially the other two big number in, in uh, commission on, on the comp side, and then the commission that we'll receive down the line as well right? So I will say that it is one of the very, very few times where I, I've had an experience with a marketing rep and this individual came through huge, 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 huge. Most of the time, I haven't felt them to be very helpful to us.
1: Well, it, it ties back into last week and in the prior weeks when we talked about your role Even with an HR coordinator, if you have no power to get anything done to help the agency grow, then your purpose, your job is obsolete. And I expect a marketing rep when I say, I need pricing, I need rate on this, I need it, you know, we're we're still 7% high, and if we can get 10% below the competitor, I've got this business let's get this deal done. Based upon the rest of my book, it's profitable. Let's make a business decision on this this account. Please go and press the underwriter. If they're not willing to do that, then they are useless to me. That's what I need a marketing rep for, or in your case, to find a way to get the commission. But I don't find them proactive. I find them reactive. And most of the time, it's them explaining to me that, Justin... I'm doing my best, but my hands are tied. Right, and if your hands are tied, why are we even having meetings with you?
0: Mm-hmm. We've well, had- a lot of them have stopped doing meetings, which yeah. I'm grateful for. Um, but we do have ones that then they're like, "Well, we want to get your production up. They want to meet once a month." I'm like, "I don't, I don't want to meet with you once a month. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having the same conversation every single time, and it's weird because we have this joint obligation to both." our insureds and the carriers, but it, it's a huge pitfall in the way that these carriers have operated. And and again, I know there are carriers that don't operate in California that people speak amazing things about marketing reps. So again, my experience is limited to California, but I just, I wish that either they would change and become more more helpful or eliminate a lot of the roles entirely.
1: And what I'll say is my brother-in-law, whoever finds him, is kick ass at what he does. And he asked me before he even came on as a marketing rep, everything I hate about marketing reps right now, and vowed that in that process, he would do it differently and attack it differently and actually provide that value. And to his credit, he has searched for every way within the construct that he has at that company to provide that value and learn. And so uh, if you happen to be using him. You are very lucky because he is a standout individual within the industry. So hopefully you find him and get your gift card.
0: (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Leave that one at that.
1: All right. Oh, I'm reading this one. Okay. So long. They're getting longer people. We don't like reading long sentences. In fact, I think we've talked about before when people send me emails, they just say what they need to say in the subject line. Yes.
0: That's all an email really should be. Which they should just send text to us, and then we'll be just as well. No, because text you can't mark as unread, because I want to read it and then leave it as unread, so I come back to it. Okay, whatever. I've been in the industry for 15 years. I started
1: as an account manager. After 10 years, I moved into a management role. After the last couple of years, I've had the good fortune of connecting with some amazing people in the industry from all across the country. During this time, the agency cut my travel options and limited me to one conference per year. I've elected to invest my own money and vacation time in attending these conferences as I feel this is an important part of my continued learning and growth in the industry. However, when I return to the office after these conferences, I'm still asked to provide a write-up of takeaways and basically hand the information over to my agency. I'm a huge proponent of sharing the information, but is there a way for me to better leverage this situation for cost-sharing with the agency?
0: Jordan Gilt. Is this person, I, I guess that they're sounds like they're paying their own, and vacation time. Yeah. So they're working for free for the agency. Actually, they're paying with their vacation days and their own dollars for travel, and then having to come back and do a write-up for the agency. That's abysmal. That's awful. But if you want to come work for free for us, that would be amazing. But that's awful. Yeah. I don't know who that agency is, but that's terrible. Like, you need to, you can't do that. That's horrible. This is how you lose people, right? You just pull things like, like, that's insane. Okay, look, we really, really, really value our employees here and our staff, even so much that like when we talk about them, I don't say that people work for me. I say we work with them, like my coworker, whatever, just because I, it's important for everyone to be equals, okay? So we really try to take care of everyone. If anyone wants to go to any conference or do anything with a client or education or otherwise, no matter the cost, no matter where it is, we we've paid for 100% of it. Whether they pass the test, like a lot of the you know, ones for CIC courses or whatever, people go, and then they don't pass, and then the agency doesn't pay, or they'll pay 50% or something. No, if you're taking the initiative to go better yourself, you're doing it to better our agency, right? We pay for it, period, end of story. I mean, this shouldn't be so many nickel and dimey things. I don't get it, man. If you're large enough to be able to move someone to a management role in an agency, meaning you're not a five-person agency, you're probably at least a 20-person agency, there's money to send people to these things, right? I'd say you probably should put your foot down and say, sorry, if you want to know the knowledge that I've gained there, you need to pay for me to go. They're not going to react well to that. But sometimes you need to call a spade a spade. Like, that's nonsense.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's nonsense and i the audacity to after making said employee go there and then pay for themselves and then say i want all the information that you gain there on your free time like that now i'm not paying you for tone deaf there's there's lots of adjectives i could use but i would say that i can't fathom a situation where that would make sense i urge you to stand your ground and say if you guys want the benefit of, of what I learn at these conferences, you better reimburse me for my expenses. You clearly find it of value. And if I'm the agency, so let's just take, I'm gonna throw any conference out there. Let's say it's 700 bucks, 1,000 bucks for the event and then $1,500 in travel, hotel, right? So let's say we're at 2500 $3,000. If you think that information that this individual is providing is so valuable, wouldn't you just reimburse him for that?
0: Like, so I don't understand
1: it. Like, or just, don't ask him at all about it.
0: Right. I just. Either the option is look, individual A says, Hey, I want to go to these conferences. Uh, and they say, No, you know, we don't really see the value and then we're not gonna pay. He goes, Okay, I'm gonna go anyway because I see value. The transaction post conference should be, hey, we want you to do a write up. No, you didn't see the value, so I'm not going to do it. If you wish to reimburse me for it and give me my vacation time back for it that I took, I would be more than happy to do a write-up for you. That's what that should look like. Because that's exploitation, plain and simple to me. Yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. Put your foot down. I mean, you're in management. You can move to a different firm. Right. I mean, you've got 15 years in the business. Sounds like you've got expertise. You probably know people moving around to all these conferences. Move to a different agency. Yeah. Leverage the relationships, the conferences you paid for yourself to right. benefit yourself. Yeah. I mean, unless it's just maybe one bad manager, it could we could be being you know just crappy and just shaming an agency when it's just a terrible individual at the agency that makes that decision. But either figure that out and go around them, or move the hell on.
1: And if you really want to have fun. Send me the uh, LinkedIn profiles of said individuals, and I'll send them the link to the podcast just unsolicited. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> that would give me so much joy.
1: By the way, also, you can send... What if we post it and then tag them in the tag post? Tag them. That would be amazing. Glory. Scorched earth. That's how I roll. Yeah. But also, you can send uh, anonymous elephant poop to people. What? Yes. Anonymous elephant poop. Yes. feces is allowed to be transported via US mail, believe it or not. So you could send a box of But there is a company that transports elephant poop? Yes. Not like dog poop, cat poop? Oh, they have a variety. How? It's a business model. You can send anonymous poop somewhere. They won't light it on fire for
0: you. I swear, if you can't find a way to make money in this world, like, if that is a business, then anyone can find a way to make money. And I think they're probably doing well. Because know. there's people like me that exist. It's unbelievable.
1: So... I think we cover these two issues. If you can figure out who my brother-in-law is and who he works for, you email me at Justin at CSR, Hundred-dollar Amazon gift card. If you have drink suggestions, go to Jordan. Additionally, if you don't know who he is, but you have questions you want us to ask, again, email me Justin at TotalCSR.com. Jordan, anything to finish with? I've got nothing. That's about it.
0: Thanks, everyone. Cheers.